Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast, your source for the latest information about your Army Black Knights, with your host, Sal Interdonato. Welcome to the post-game wrap-up show here. I'm here with Kevin Gleason. We're going to be recapping Army's 24-21 loss to West Virginia in the Liberty Bowl. Um, you can follow us all over social media. Um, you know, we have our we have our the podcasts are all over. I just found out, Kevin, today I was listening to the Army game on radio, right? Because listen to ESPN's announcement team um, calling a fifth-year senior, Sandon McCoy, because he went to Army prep. They automatically called him a fifth-year senior. Um, they couldn't get the center's name right. Connor Bishop was out today. They kept on saying Connor Bishop's name a couple times. And I just said, okay, let me go to the radio. Let me go to Rich DeMarco and Dean Darling, the old, the old standbys. And um, I find out on, tuned, on the TuneIn app, Black Knight Nation podcast is on the TuneIn app. So, I mean, that's, um, you know, just, just like I typed in Black Knights and I get Black Knight Nation. So, uh, uh, <laughs> all those plugs and stuff, we'll get to the game. And, uh, you know, when I look at this game, Army has nothing to be ashamed of in this game. You know, it's a 24-21 game. Yes, they did lose 21-10 after that long drive to open up the second half. But when you look at the big picture, they, 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 you can't be – there's nothing to really be ashamed of in this. They, they Could they have won this game? Absolutely. Should have they have won this game? Maybe. But, you know, mm-hmm. what, what's your first uh, impressions of, of this game? Pretty much that. That's uh, exactly what you say. You know, uh, I, I my first thought was they chew up eight minutes to open the second half, and and, and Tyler runs it in, and they're up twenty-one. T- I think the game's over. I got to be honest with you. I thought I said there's no way West Virginia's going to come back, mostly because I didn't think they were going to be able to stop Army again. I thought they were gassed. I thought they're absolutely finished. And the remarkable part to me was that. They were able to come back. Now, again, I texted you this, so that is my proof. You did. At halftime, yeah. I said the only way that they could beat Army is, is if their backup quarterback's pretty good because I couldn't picture the starting quarterback winning the ball game. And sure enough, you know, uh, uh, West Virginia coaching staff opted with the, the backup to start the second half. And as we've seen a million times before with backups, you know, oftentimes in the NFL – a fresh backup up comes in, sparks the team. They rally around him. He's just a he has a hot hand, and and away they go. But I was just stunned that they were able to sustain a couple drives against Army, and probably more stunned that Army couldn't move the football more consistently after they took the twenty-one ten lead. That's what I didn't understand, you know, because I thought Army had them worn down, yeah. and that's why I said obviously, you know, the game's not over at with an 11-point lead and still, you know, uh, uh, seven, 22 minutes of football left. But in the sense of thinking that West Virginia's gassed and finished, I thought it was really over. I, I didn't think Army was going to lose that football game. And so in that sense, yeah, I thought Army should have won it. But the oddity to, of that ball game, I thought, in the fourth quarter was that it looked like maybe Army was a little gassed in the end. You know, I just didn't understand why they were so susceptible to the pass uh, in the, in the fourth quarter, and and they allowed that you know the, the touchdown pass with wide open receiver. Um, but there's so many twists and turns, like most games. But this one, you know, 
I thought it was really disappointing in the fact in the fact that you know I thought Army had them right where they want them and they let them off the hook a little bit. Yeah, just a couple things. Uh, we Army was playing this game without a bunch of starters. We don't know. You know, people are asking why wasn't this guy playing? Why wasn't this guy playing? The only thing I could think of really for that many guys being out, it's got to be COVID related. You know, um, uh, they were without starting linebacker, leading tackler John Radigan. They were without starting linebacker uh, Jeremiah Lowry. They were without Jacoby Buchanan, you know, a guy who led them in rushing against Air Force. They were without Connor Bishop, their starting center. They were without Luke McClure, their starting tackle. You know, they had a bunch of guys that were just uh, without Terrell Robinson today, their, their, fresh, their freshman slotback playmaker. You know, so we'll get that out there, uh, out there first. Don't know why. I only can guess it was COVID-related. Um, I saw a lot of people post, you know, oh, you know, they, they shouldn't have cheated on their exam. They shouldn't have cheated you know, from their West Point. Um, the recent news about the uh, 24 football players involved in this calculus uh, exam at West Point in the spring. Well, it was reported a lot of those guys were plebes when that happened, a.k.a. sophomores now. Um, uh, one, one parent went on Twitter and said, my, my son did not take the calculus test that's been talked about. It was Jordan Law. Jordan Law's a freshman. He wasn't even in school at West Point when this happened. You know, so, I mean, it's social media. We understand like people want to jump the gun. Some people just don't like either the army or West point for some reason. And they're haters. Yeah. So we can only assume it was COVID related. And, but when you're missing guys like John Radigan, who's been their defensive playmaker all year long. And let's not, let's mention this right right now. John Radigan didn't play in this game. Freshman Spencer Jones played in this place and played a whale of a game for mm -hmm. his first start in his college career. You yeah. Know, I thought, I thought he really showed up on defense early, made some really good plays. One more thing I just want to add before we really get in depth is that Austin Kendall's not any ordinary backup quarterback. He was that he was a transfer from Oklahoma. He was uh, you know he started some games for West Virginia last year. A senior, yeah, graduate. You know he had a graduate student, and also when Army played at Oklahoma a couple years back, he was Tyler Murray's backup. So, you know, I mean, this is not just a, yeah. a guy that came up, you know, this is a guy who had a lot, a decent amount of nice experience one. who wasn't your ordinary backup quarterback. And, you know, I think that there's a couple plays in this game where the tide could have turned. Um, you look at that pass interference call on Jabari Moore, where, yes, did he get, did he hold, did he grab somewhere of the West Virginia receiver's uh, jersey in the, I guess, I think it was the third quarter. The, the ball was not catchable. The ball was thrown out of bounds. It wasn't it, and the flag was late. Say what you want. I, I don't know. I just I didn't really get that call. I mean, it seems like you're calling yeah. a tight. You're calling a pretty tight game in some respects, but then you look at the offensive line play of West Virginia, and I, I swear every time I looked up on the screen, Ryan Duran was being held. Every time I looked on the screen, he he was getting a good pass rush for it, and he was being grabbed. Now, uh. That's not why Army lost. That's not why Army lost. West Virginia just had enough at the end to outlast to mm -hmm. outlast the Black Knights. But those those are a couple things where um, just wanted to bring up. And uh, maybe did, did you see a turning point in this game at all? You know, it, one didn't jump out at me. I mean, I think the turning point for me was when Army took that twenty-one to ten lead midway through the third off of that opening drive. And um, West Virginia got it back. And I think uh, they went right down and scored. I'm pretty sure they went right down and scored. 
And then Army didn't combat that, you know. And I thought Army was going to go right back and, and score again because, like I said, I thought I thought West Virginia was finished uh, defensively. I thought they were worn down. Uh, I thought the cut blocking in, in the second half specifically early on was uh, starting to wear them down. And, yeah, that's the thing. that the, You know, Austin brought them uh, right down. Yeah, I just checking my notes. Brought them yeah. right down to following uh, Army's drive, and, and and they got down and they scored, and they missed the two-point conversion to get within 21 to 16. And um, then they got the onside kick. Yeah, that's key. Uh, at, yeah. One point, at that point, I'm like, oh, boy. But then Army comes up with a huge stop of that of, 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 of uh, West Virginia get, gaining solid field position from that. And then um, Army couldn't, you know, they, they, they couldn't sustain a drive, so they punt it back. West Virginia got the uh, punt return. Army had another big stop. Um, but, you know, again, they just couldn't continue to make stops because their offense wasn't sustaining any more drives. And then the third time West Virginia got the ball back, they went down and they scored the, with 5-10 left to take the uh, yeah. the three-point lead with the one-point lead and then the, the reverse to, to get the two-point conversion to make it a three-point game. But, I mean, when you think about it, Army had opportunities, you know. They yeah. missed the kick. You know, they could have tied it with a 39-yard field goal. Very makeable, but on the other hand, hardly a gimme from the right hash, you know, and he folded it a little bit and it just hooked. It's hard to blame the kid for that, yeah. too, you know. I mean, it wasn't a 25-yarder from straight on. The 39-yarder yeah. from the right hash. So yeah. uh, and then they got one final opportunity after that with 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 Anderson and and uh, you know he, th he threw the interception, but it was a weird game, Sal. You know, I mean, very odd game because uh, early on I thought I said, oh boy, you know, West Virginia is clearly the better football team here, um, but Army just you know uh, withstood a couple drives early on. Um, they you know forced uh, uh, the middle. Well, they allow you know they 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 played hard enough to. Force a missed field goal on the, on West Virginia's first drive, and then I think the second or third drive, West Virginia got the field goal. So it's three nothing when I thought it very well could have been you know ten nothing or fourteen nothing, uh, and then all of a sudden it clicked for for Army. I thought with Christian Anderson coming in and gave him a big spark, and then they brought uh, Tyler back in there, and then he started you know moving the football team too. So there were so many times, so many different periods where. I thought Anderson should have been the quarterback in the game. Then Tyler came in and, you know, did well. But then late in the third quarter, I thought, uh, I thought you know, there were moments where Anderson might have, might have done a better job. But here I am, you know. I mean, I, I'm yeah, yeah. reticent to even bring it up. You know, I got, in my mind, the best academy coach in, in, the, in academy history, Jeff Bunkin is. I mean, uh, you know, there have been some great coaches there. But what he's done with this program – he knows his players about 4,000 times better than I do and, and, and the feel and all that. So it's hard for me to even bring up the fact that I thought Anderson on the second to last drive should have uh, played through and, you know, maybe things would have been different. But, you know, again, you know, Jeff is just, you know, he's he's really done, you know, such an unbelievable job with this program. That's difficult to even, you know, for a layman such as myself to even to, to even dispute anything he does. Yeah, a couple things. If you have any questions or comments, please send them through on us. We'll answer your questions and post your comments. And uh, a couple things on – let's get a couple things out there too. Uh, first off, Jeff Munkin 
said in this press conference he was kind of kicking himself a little bit for trying the field goal, the 39-yard field goal. The analytics told him to go for it on fourth and three. But when they, they took a poll with the coaches, everybody said, let's kick the field goal. Now, that's hindsight 2020 a little bit. If it goes through, you're not going to question your, your, your move at all. But this is a team that I think they had a fourth and – I want to say they had a fourth and four early that I'm surprised that they went with. And uh, Marshall, the freshman, got a first down on a, on a cross play. That was like, holy crap. Yeah. I mean, actually converted it. They were stuffed on fourth down, too, in this game. So, I mean, uh, that's that's one thing Coach Munkin had a little bit of regret of kicking the field goal. But I guess when you look back at it, you, you always have some regrets in, 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 yeah. like that when it doesn't go through. I mean, Quinn Moretzky, the freshman kicker, has been pretty solid since he's uh, got the job – only about a month or so ago. So, I mean, I mean, he had the confidence in sending the freshman out. It just didn't happen. Um, another thing that should be noted is that Brent Davis, Army's offensive coordinator, was not available today. So quarterbacks coach Cody Worley, who's, a, who's first year on the staff, he came from Kennesaw State, well regarded, has done a great, great job with these quarterbacks. They come in what? they We've talked about it all year, all, all year long. Four different Army quarterbacks have won games as starters. You know, the, the shuffle has been like a deck of cards, you know, the quarterbacks. But um, he, call, he called the plays today. It was his first time ever calling the plays for Army. So, I mean, it seemed like at the beginning, yeah, I mean, they were running up the middle. They were running at the heart of the West Virginia defense, and they're like, okay, something's got to change. Well, they were able to get outside a little bit. I have to go back, Kevin, and check this, but I think the – the longest run by Army today was eight yards. Eight yards. I think that was their longest run of the day. And when yeah. you don't have those chunk plays, yeah, I know you want to grind it out in this offense, right? You want to have the 13 plays, 75-yard, eight-minute drive like they had to start the third quarter. That was beautiful. That was poetic. That was Army football. But you still need those chunk plays, especially at the end of the game. You know, you, you need you somewhere – to move the chains, you know, you, you shouldn't have to take four plays or three plays every time to get a first down. And they just didn't have that chunk play against a very good West Virginia defense. And yes, West Virginia had a couple defensive players opt out. They still had the Stills brothers up front who are going to play in the NFL, you know. And Coach um, Neil Moore said they had three secondary guys get knocked out of the game with head injuries and were playing one guy who hadn't played in the secondary for like two months. What playing at the end of the game? Now, of course, I'm not. This is hindsight again. I'm just looking at it here. I, I think that you had to loosen up their defense a little bit. I think with Anderson, maybe the past would have done that. You know, the play action was there. They were playing eight or nine guys in the box, and you know, Chris Cameron. You look at that second to last drive. Army had the play action go over top to the tight end, Chris Cameron, come down thirty plus yard play. Get it down to the 29 of West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Anderson hands off to McCoy on first down. He leaves the game. He leaves the game. He just got you down into score. <laughs> and he leaves the game. I'm like, oh, my God. It was odd. I thought it was odd. I, um, I was texting it. with um, former uh, Army, uh, a very uh, heavily uh, armed Army uh, uh, columnist, Mike Vaccaro with New York Post now because we, we're both, you know, in positions now where I think we can be unabashed Army fans as well as uh, uh, have a little uh, semblance of media credibility to us. But um, Mike, and, Mike and I were both saying, boy, that's weird, you know. I mean, we don't we don't know the team like Jeff knows it, but 
I guess. Um, it just seemed like he had the hot hand at the moment, especially after the throw to Cameron, right? Yeah. Um, he had the hot hand, and, and it, it just it, – to me, it just it, – it, with Christian in there, presented a couple of different options, you know, yeah. uh, no pun intended. You know, he could have run it or thrown it, and I think had West Virginia on their heels a little bit. Um, wow. A little bit odd to me. But, again, uh, uh, I just – the biggest surprise to me in the football game was at 21-10, Army couldn't put together a couple scoring drives. Yeah. Well, Jeff Malkin also talked about on that Cameron play, he talked to Anderson, I guess, maybe after. I don't know if this is the why. I don't think you pull out a quarterback in the middle of a drive like that and tell him, hey, you had Cameron open. I know it's your first read. But you had, I guess, either a running back or a wide receiver on a wheel route that if you hit him, he's going in for a touchdown. Now, I maybe he talked to him after. He probably talked to that in between drives, I'm guessing. I don't think you pull out Anderson and tell him that, like, when it's second and second and six from, like, the West Virginia 25 when the game's on the line, you know? Right. So, um, I don't know. It, it, it just um, – that was really puzzling. I mean, you look at the way um, – I think that – Jeff Mulkin said this in the press conference too. This game doesn't really um, take away from everything they've accomplished this season. You know, they they finished with a nine and three record. They win the Commander in Chiefs Trophy back to back. I mean, back to back wins Navy and um, Air Force and back to back week, which, which has never happened ever. You know, to win those games back to back. So I was gonna, I was just gonna note that Sal, that I'm sure it's already been noted as ad nauseum, but I can't believe what they accomplished and being able to beat Navy and then be on an emotional high enough to come back and beat Air Force the following week. To me, that's, that's, that's unfathomable. I mean, that's asking so much of your football team to be able to beat those two teams back to back. If I were a betting man, I, I would, I would have bet Air Force that following week. Absolutely. You know, um, to me, that was just once they won that game, you know, to me, nothing else mattered. I mean, it was an unbelievably successful football season for them. Yeah, I know the seniors where you want to end, end on a high note with the seniors, but you look look at this game coming into it. The line went up to 10 points. People thought basically that West Virginia would have their way with Army. Army was able to stick with a you know, Big 12 team that, can, that has athletes all over the field. The wide receiver Simmons just declared for the NFL. Um, he, he caught, I think he caught two touchdowns, two of their three touchdown passes. He's going yeah. to the NFL. I mean, you know, the running back was one of the best running backs in the Big 12, and I thought Army did a good job keeping them in check this game. I thought, Absolutely. I, I mean, you know, Army's defensive backfield and, and, and linebackers, I thought, played pretty pretty good. And even their their, their front played, played, played pretty good. And, and I just thought that they got worn down a little bit, you know, maybe in the fourth quarter, uh, final eight minutes. I, I don't know. You know, they were they, – they were on the field a lot early on in the mm-hmm. game, you know, and maybe that cumulative effect uh, uh, took its toll uh, come mid fourth. You know, it's it's not only physical energy you're using, but you're using a lot of mental energy, and I, I think that often can um, have an incredible effect on, on players, um, especially when you're you know on a stage like this, the Liberty Bowl against a, um, a huge opponent, West Virginia. Um, that's just my guess, not being in the locker room, not, not being able to talk to players. But uh, if, I, if I had an opportunity to talk to them, I'd ask about the tiredness factor, the mental weariness. I don't know if they'd admit it. 
if they were tired, but if I had a guess, I'm just sensing that uh, they were a little exhausted at the end. Yeah, a couple of things that I just want to um, go. We're bouncing all over the place, but you know that onside kick, right? Yeah, you know, Army. Yeah, West Virginia recovered it, right? But say they don't, and an Army gets a drive going and keeps that West Virginia defense on the field that just got off the field not too long ago on that eight-minute drive. I think that might be a little different. Yes, I know Army went. I think it was a three and out. But just even if it was a couple minutes more that that West Virginia defense had to maybe look at what Army was doing on that long drive, you know, it gave them a little bit more. It gave maybe their defensive coaches a couple minutes to look at some live film and say, hey, you know, because it seemed like they really buckled down after that. Um, Another thing that we should say, I thought it was going to be the play of the game. You know, I thought it was going to be the play of the game when Malcolm Morrison uh, blitzes and he causes that forced fumble. And Ryan Duran hops on the seven, and two plays later, Tahir Tyler goes in, and you're up 14-10. My goodness, yeah. You probably should have been trailing at the half. You go into the half with some momentum because after that, after Army scores, West Virginia just does does nothing before halftime. And that, that's, I think, caused um, Co- Coach uh, Neil Brown to make that, that change from Dogie to um, – Kendall. And so I mean if if West Virginia goes down the field after Army scores and even kicks a field goal, we might be seeing the starting quarterback soon to start that second half. But since he wasn't able to do much. Now I was listening to the um Army radio broadcast and uh, I think they had at last count 12 drop passes by West Virginia receivers today. So it wasn't all the, the starting quarterback's fault for what yeah, that wasn't the starting all on the starting quarterback for West Virginia. They um he didn't get much help. I think he had at least nine, maybe in the eight or nine in the first half that were dropped. And he went like yeah. in for twenty five or something like that. Crazy like that. So yeah. Um yeah, so I mean, um I guess you know, is there anything else that we could because I want to just talk about like the future of Army football. Um uh, in a second, but is there anything else that we can take away from this game? I, I thought that, you know, I, I, I thought Zach Harding had a good day punting. You know, I thought he hit that, he hit that. Oh boot. yeah. Oh he yeah. His last one, I think a 53 yarder and uh, yeah. getting him out of trouble. Mm-hmm. I thought that he did well there. And, um, you know, I just think that, man, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the question, I guess for, for next season yet, yeah, I mean, this is, a team with a ton of talent coming back, Kevin. They barely – I mean, they're seniors. They have four – on a regular day, they have four seniors starting on the offensive line. And other than that, there's not a lot uh, – Sandy McCoy will gra- will graduate, right, on offense. On defense, it's John Radigan. It's Jeremiah Lowry. It's Javari Bordeaux. And I don't know. I, I think – and Amadeo West on defense. But this year with COVID, you've had to bring in so many different lineups and players have gotten to play – I mean, if you returning Leatherman for them is going to be it's going to be nuts. I mean, they they've had like a lot yeah. of kid, players playing time. You know, I mean, so I guess the quarterback situation maybe if we if they get a normal spring, will will sort itself out because you have a bunch of guys that are capable of starting for you now. You know, they have at least four guys that are capable of starting. For you. And we don't know what's up with Jabari Laws. Jabari Laws didn't play this year because, of, I guess, recovering from a knee injury. We don't know his, his status. If he, if he was able to get in the mix, then you have five. Who knows? I mean, you know, I think really – I always remember right? – I don't know who. Maybe it was Coach Munkin, but covering the team, you know, or maybe it's the old um, football coaches saying that if you don't have one – you know, if you have three quarterbacks, 
she don't need to have one. Is that what the saying is, or something to that effect? That if you have yeah, three like quarterbacks, quarterbacks you have none. I mean, it's it's an old NFL uh, saying. Oh, but yeah. I think it Bum Phillips. I think. Uh, oh, wow. I back. Uh, but it was one of the old time coaches said it, and at the time uh, in the NFL, I, it was absolutely true. You know, uh, but college yeah. is a different game. You know, it, it is. It's it still is. played differently from the NFL. Uh, I think Army can. I think Army, with its uh, ingenuity and consistency, and their all their ability to run uh, an offense that remains deceptive, they all run it well. I never considered Army being the type of team that has to have that one great quarterback. If they have two really good ones, I think yeah. they're in great shape, and I, and I think they can utilize both. Um, you know, the Army-Navy game is always a game that we, we talk about. The better quarterback usually wins. Um, yeah. But the way Army's been playing defense lately, I think two good quarterbacks for Army can win a lot of football games. Yeah, and, and Christian Anderson, as we found out today, Christian Anderson and Tyler Tyler bring a lot of different different skill sets to the game. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and, and then you, you have Kay Ballard, who's also in the mix, Jamel Jones, who's also in the mix. So, um, yeah, and, you know, you look at, like, you look at the way they were able, the defense, especially this year, man, I, I tell you, I still give first-year defense coordinator Nate Woody, what a job. I mean, if, if they win this game, I think uh, you're looking at who would have been the MVPs if they would have won this game. Now, after the game, I guess I, the Liberty Bowl uh, members board, whatever, gave Tahir Tyler, the offensive player of the game for Army. He scored all three touchdowns for Army. And they gave Eric Smith, the defensive player of the game for, Arm, for Army, junior linebacker. I think at last mm-hmm. check, he had at least seven tackles in the game uh, for Army. Um, but um, I forget what I was getting at, I guess, with um, – you know, just Nate, Nate Woody, first of all. Nate Woody, the job that he's done. I would have almost – if the I look at the way the offensive line was playing on that first drive in the second half and just knocking West Virginia back enough so the Army could pick up. I mean, I would, wow. winning, winning at the line of scrimmage, absolutely. Yeah, um, I was like, wow, if, this, if they pull out this game, I'd give the MVP to the offensive line. Or Nate Woody, you know. I mean, it, it didn't turn out that way for the Black Knights to that tonight. But um, you know, the last college football game of 2020 was today: Army versus West Virginia. They kept they kept the fans and, and people watching the game certainly interested. It didn't seem like ESPN was too interested in the game. They went right to like a college basketball promo after the final snap or something like that. Well, I Kevin Connors um, in the studio. Kevin did. Uh, you know, go through some games, went through that awful Miss, Mississippi State Tulsa game where there's a fight at the end. I don't yeah. know if you saw that. And the Armed Forces yeah, ball. It was the ball. Ball. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? Right. They had a they had a knockdown drag out fight at the end. After they pushed and shoved each other before the game started, in the uh, handshake line of all places, they decided to uh, get in this ridiculous mini brawl i mean who knows how many people were actually involved and how many were trying to break it up but it it, it was a terrible look you know absolute terrible look um the quarter I, one of the players from mississippi state actually laid a boot to to, to one of the tulsa players um down their sideline yeah, i should be i should be like yeah, i should be like it was just I mean, I thought they'd be- now, so 
But anyway, they did go over and talk about the Army game a little bit. Um, but when you talk about the future of the Army football, and, and you, you know more about this subject than I do, but every year around this time, you start to wonder, I like, guess, Jeff Munkin, at what point is a major college football program going to snap him up, you know? And I don't have any insight in that, um, but I think the biggest goal for Army each season in December has come to making sure that they get their, their head coach back. Um, everything that I've heard, he loves it there. I know he's been well compensated, um, but you know how coaches are. Um, oftentimes, you know, uh, they like the challenge of uh, leading a major college football program. And the money certainly doesn't hurt. Now, Navy coach Ken Niamatololo, he's had a few opportunities as well, um, and he turned it down. What was it, BYU a couple years ago? Um, yeah, BYU, uh, and then Arizona, Arizona had some interest in him. Uh, he was a candidate at Arizona. Arizona, yeah. Jeff has to be in one of the five to ten hottest coaches in, in America right now, you know, when, when you think about uh, – people who have openings looking for uh, head coaches. But, but again, I don't follow the, that part of the game that closely, so I don't even know if there are those types of openings. I don't want to speak out of turn. But what, what, I, what I will say yeah. is what, what I think is worth saying is that, you know, the importance of keeping Jeff Munkin along the banks of the Hudson cannot be stressed enough. Yeah, you know, um, you look at South Carolina had the opening, right? and you thought Bob Caslin, former superintendent, he hired Jeff at West Point. And you think, okay, here we go. Here's Jeff Bunker's name being thrown out there again. But they ended up hiring the Notre Dame. I think they ended up hiring the Notre Dame defensive coordinator, I think, for that job. I may be wrong. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. Oh, no, they actually hired my fault. They actually hired, um, man, oh, uh, he was name's running, escaping. Yeah. Yeah, name is escaping me, but they hired. He had um, a guy who had some pedigree where his dad was that's dad coach a bunch too. Am I? Why is that name escaping me? But Jeff was mentioned in Vanderbilt. You know, for the Van, he's he's going to be mentioned in most Power Five openings. You know, for the most part. I mean, it's just the job that he's done at Army. Um, you know, it's just the name's going to be out there. Uh, Shane Beamer. Why did I, I? I couldn't remember Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer was hired at. Um, you're at South Carolina. So um, right. Frank Beamer, yeah. name escaped me. Um, but, you know, the, you know, you look at it and you, I always thought that Jeff Munkin want to have his name, and maybe I'm wrong here, right behind Red Blake as the, be, the best coach at, at Army, right? And he's certainly in the seven seasons. Um, you know, it's hard to argue that right now. I mean, he's right there. Jim Young, I know – a lot of people uh, have a lot of respect for Jim Young. He's a Hall of Fame coach. I know they went mm -hmm. to what three bowl games under Jim Young in Jim Young's tenure yeah. and won two of them. And um, he's right there right now. I think Munkin's right there right now with Jim Young. And so we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that we'll see what happens. Uh, no doubt the future is bright for Army um, with the talent they'll have coming back and um, maybe even get like a full spring and a, 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 like a get back to norm. Who knows if we'll get back to normal anytime soon. Um, with the vaccine situation, and we're not going to get into that, but you know, um, hopefully they get a spring, you know, if they get a spring and he made yeah. a lot, of, 
he made a lot of changes in this coaching staff this year. And you thought, wait, how in the world is this going to work out with a first year defensive coordinator who only had probably zoom meetings with his defensive players in the spring. And then maybe they got going in in the middle, middle to late of the summer with the scheme that he was going to do. And look at the defense. I mean, the defense was uh, entering today. I think they were number two in uh, total yards and scoring defense. They were in the top five in a bunch of categories in the nation. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the talent they had coming back. So I think it's just a matter of, uh, yeah, I mean, there's still, Kevin, the one thing that they don't have yet under Jeff Malkin is a win over like a a, a higher tier uh, power five team, right? I mean, yeah, they beat Duke, right? They beat Duke. But um, they don't have that win. Yeah, they, they played Oklahoma well. They played Michigan well. They were competitive with Ohio State. Um, but they still don't have that, like, win over a Power 5 team, a mid-tier or higher Power 5 team. You know, so, um, you know, that's I think that's something to set. I'm trying to think of their schedule for next year. Um, I want to say they might play Tennessee. Or they're playing Tennessee or Wisconsin on the road right now. And I'm yeah. sure that change. You know, subject to change with everything that's going on here. So, um, but I'm pretty sure they play one or the other. Um, and so that's another chance. If you go out, you know, I don't think that playing these teams close is good enough for Jeff Munkin. I think that he wants to win one of these games against these power five schools. That's my absolutely. opinion. So. Oh, absolutely. No, there's no, there's no conceiving, uh, uh, you know, any type of uh, opponent. Um I think, you know, the schedule is important. I think it has to be properly constructed for even now, as good as Army is. You can't have too many powers on that schedule or else you can have yeah. a tendency to break down a little bit. But um, now in terms of, you know, being a, a you know, holder of the commander-in-chief and, and, and maintaining it, that's something that they I think they can, they can do. Uh, they can put together a, a little a continued run uh, for that big trophy, uh, you know, yeah. with, with Jeff in charge. Um, I think today's uh, win today would have given him 50 wins, which would have made him one yeah. of only three Army coaches with at least 50. Uh, but, you know, and, and this isn't taking anything away from Jim Young. I, you know, he uh, uh, had an unbelievable career at Army. I just think the caliber of play now at Army's playing, I think their opponent uh, uh, caliber I think the landscape of college football where teams on the bottom rang of, you know, uh, division one, a football are so much better than they were 30 years ago. Um, you know, when other coaches were, uh, manning the sidelines that I think, you know, Jeff is really, I, I said to somebody else today, I, I think he's the best, uh, uh, army coach in Academy history. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we don't want to go to the Red Blake days. I don't know. That doesn't really, you know, yeah, those teams were great and, and stuff like that. But nobody was, I was, no, nobody was around to see that stuff. I mean, no, you know, it was kind of like trying to compare, you know, uh, the, the you know, 90s Yankee teams to, uh, you know, to some, some of the, the, team, the Babe Ruth led teams, you know, it's, it's yeah, very yeah. hard comparison. But one thing that both that analogy has, uh, uh, in common is the fact that there weren't as many good big time college football teams uh, yeah. back in the, you know, in that era uh, that there are now to me, like there are conferences that, you know, are, you know, 
so-called mid-major conferences are uh, they can spring upsets on any given week uh, against biggies. You know, we've seen it time and time again. But I just think the level of college football is, is, is much, much higher. This year, I think the most exciting games in uh, college football, and granted, yes, my stepson just graduated from Coastal Carolina, but Coastal Carolina, um, BYU, Coastal Carolina, Liberty in the bowl game. I mean, those are sure. and you look at what Cincinnati did this year. Uh, I guess those are considered, even though you know that's a considered mid-major. You there's a there was a yeah. there were a team. Marshall had a good year this year. I mean. Yeah, those were teams that could play that played more. The, the Pac-12 barely played a, you know, played about half a season. Those teams were able to play, you know, double-digit games and and get on little rolls here. And um, you know, you look at Army's uh, future schedule real quick. Yes, they are going to Wisconsin next year, Camp Randall Stadium. They are going there, and then in 2022 they go to Tennessee, and they open their season at Coastal Carolina. So you know, I mean, the schedule will be. Yeah, they're going to have your your one or two or maybe three FCS teams on there. Who knows, depending on the year. But, I mean, no joke games. I mean, I, I saw in 20 yeah. – real quick, I saw um, 20 next year they go at Wisconsin, Wake Forest at home, and then they get a bye and they play Air, Air Force at Global Life Field in Arlington, Texas. So that three-game span is pretty yeah, – that's going to be at, almost as difficult as this last three-game stand that they had. You know, they almost got through the uh, gauntlet. I called it the gauntlet. I called the uh, Navy, Air Force, and the bowl game Army's gauntlet. They got through two of the three stages, and that's pretty impressive. So, oh, no doubt about it. You know, again, that's you know the um, the strength of having depth. You know, and being able to move guys in, and uh, uh, you know, have a second team that's uh, almost um, is 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 good, if not as good as the first team, and, and that's what they're going to need. When they play schedule like that, absolutely. Well, we'll we're going to wrap up this post game show. Um, you can follow Kevin Gleason at Kevin Gleason eight four five on Twitter, right? Yes, sir. Yep, still on there, and um, still uh, an avid sports fan. I'm out of the journalism field uh, per se, but I'm still doing freelance writing and um, always uh, trying to keep my hand in it. So. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, uh, it's still a, it's still a lot of fun being able to analyze and talk about and write about these games. It's crazy. I think you and I were the probably the longest tenured Army beat writers at the record, right? I mean, you had a good run, I had a good run, and now um, we're looking to do some things on Black White Nation. Please follow us on social media. Um, you can um, get us on the um, podcast platforms. I went over them: Spotify, Apple. Um, you know, we're everywhere. Uh, we're iHeartRadio. We're on iHeartRadio, too. And My goodness, uh, we are everywhere. And, you know, I was just thinking uh, thinking out loud between the two of us, I think we have about 40 Army-Navy games that we've covered because I think I, I think you're pretty close to 20, and I think I'm around 20, 22. So uh, that's, some, that's some pretty good memories of Army-Navy. Yeah, no doubt. I think I, in person, I think this stopped my streak. I was good from 2007 to 2019. Um, and then I, I was also like Justin Rodriguez. I was a, a back, you know, the, the sidebar writer for a couple times with him. So I guess I'm, I'm right about eh, like 15. But you know, uh, 
still, that's a lot of cover. We, we, we followed the program uh, for a while and, you know, we'll continue to follow the program here in black Knight nation and give you uh, some insight that maybe you're not going to get elsewhere from just our experiences on the beat and just knowing the, uh, the Academy and, and its players and the institution. But uh, Kevin, thanks for coming on. We're going to wrap this show up and uh, My pleasure, sir. Yep, follow, follow us again. And uh, we'll be back uh, with, we're, just because the season's over here, we're not going to um, be done with these podcasts. We're going to give you some. Kevin, real quick, that 1995 um, Army football team reunion we did this week, how great was that? It was a ball. I mean, I just say you were closing up, and I was going to bring that up too. Um, that was like the, the memories of those teams. My goodness, I could talk all night about those teams, you know, 95, 96, 97. You know, I still uh, – um, you know, my significant other, you know, she, she gets on me because I can't remember, like, you know, uh, what, so, an errand I was supposed to run, you know. But I can recite those those 1990s Army-Navy games, you know, right. like they were yesterday, almost to the detail of, like, how much time was left uh, when, uh, you know, a big play happened. Uh, it, you know, so many neat games. There was a string in the early 90s, Sal, that went from, I think, 92 – to 97 or 96 where uh, I think it was five games that were decided by a total of like nine points, you know, and they're all like late field goals. I mean, but you know, not that there weren't a lot of good ones after that, but there was that one string and the 95 team, I always have a soft spot in my heart for it because it was uh, kind of a, in my mind, an overachieving team. You know, I, I thought they were a year away from being a, a, a top, top-notch team. And that's what turned out to happen, you know, that they had the huge 10-2 and two season in 96. But the 95 team are the unsung heroes of that 96 team because they laid the groundwork um, and they showed them really how to win, you know, and, and, and they showed them how to uh, hang in there and, and win games they probably weren't supposed to win. Hopefully we can do a couple more of those shows where we have those team uh, players from a certain year of team come on. Maybe we can do a 96 shows sooner or later, and maybe even as currently as maybe a 2016 team. Uh, We had uh, our our, um, pregame show we had on uh, Trent Steelman. We had Trent Steelman on our pregame show today. Yeah, we had Dustin Palmador, our captain in the early 2000s, on our, on our pregame show. We just want to give um, basically former Army football players and people who follow the team a chance to tell their stories pretty much of what it was like to be um, an Army football player, to to move on to the U.S. Army and beyond. And some of the the, the people are now experiencing great success in the, uh, you know, in, in the, uh, the job with their, with their jobs and in their professions outside of the army. So um, yeah, it's been great. We're going to keep this up. Um, we just recap an army drops a 24, 21 game to uh, West Virginia in the Liberty, Liberty bowl. They finished nine and three on the season and um, you know, when the, they are commander in chiefs trophy champions, certainly, Considering everything that they have gone through this year, certainly a a, a a great season for Army and a season that a lot of people will will remember. So uh, we're signing off here for Kevin Gleason. I'm Sal Internado. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Black Knight Nation podcast with your host Sal Interdonado. For more information on your Army Black Knights, visit blackknightnation.com.